It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who has the best head coach in the NFL? Well, we're going to continue tiering all 32 of them today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And, of course, a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe, happy, what, Thursday to you here on Locked On NFL Scouting. Another week is zipping by. We're past the 4th of July. Hey, we have training camp this month. There's, like, some rookies who are reporting, like, two weeks from, less than two weeks from now. Who's, Smell that? Who, who said there's a dead period? No. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> not. The foot, football is king all year. Can't like, imagine. Doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. Basketball free agency takes place like three days after the end of the Yo, finals. What's up with Adam Schefter just retweeting every piece of NBA news? And, of course, he's the one person who I'm subscribed to their tweets or whatever, so I get a notification. So, I I like, all day long, it's been – Turn it off. I want the NFL news, though. You don't get any NFL news right now. It's insane. You, you waiting here, waiting for the Dalvin Cook Dolphin signing? Or... There's basketball players I've never heard of that are getting like $15 million a season. Yeah, Fred Van Fleet got like 30 per or something like that. It's just crazy. Got to work on my damn jump shot, right man. Dame Lillard requested a trade over the weekend. We'll see. Dame time. South Florida, probably. Hornets did a good job not picking him and going with Michael Kidd Gilchrist oh. instead. That was that was really mm. good. Some, some hard luck with the Charlotte basketball team, huh? Yeah, they stink. Yeah. New with owner, the, maybe. New owner, maybe. Dave All right. Tepper. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Tepper. Te- Dave Tepper will bring talent to basketball yeah. in Charlotte. He'll bring winning basketball. <laughs> Along with concerts. <laughs> right. Thank God he's here. Can we go to concerts? Um, you, you asked at the top of the show who the best coaches, who the best coach was in the NFL. I think we probably answered that technically yesterday for anybody who missed yesterday's show, which was we did the GOAT, the modern GOAT tier. Mm. And that was a slew of coaches that probably the vast majority of are going to end up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, that was Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Sean McVay, Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, John Harbaugh, mid-show got elevated into that tier. That's um, that's our top tier. Put them in whatever order you want. Argue with your wall. Argue with your cat. We don't care what order you put them in from there. Um, but the second half of this, we got through the top 13 coaches in tiers. Not necessarily in order, but in tiers. It's really interesting. And we actually have a very interesting first group up here today, Joe, with our scheme whiz tier. 
guys that are very widely regarded for what they bring to the table on their respective side of the football. So do you want to introduce the names and then talk about them here? Yeah, we'll rip through the names real quick. I'll, I'll do that. I think the first name that we have listed is is rightfully the first name that we do have listed. Not that this is going in order, but the resume of of winning seasons here versus a lot of other younger coaches that are, are relatively new. Matt LaFleur with the Green Bay Packers is in the scheme whiz tier. Brian Dayball of the New York Giants, the job that he did last year. Mike McDaniel with the Miami Dolphins. Kevin O'Connell with the Minnesota Vikings. And then a, they are only defensive scheme whiz. Brandon Staley, the Los Angeles Chargers. I think notwithstanding Brandon Staley, the, the first group there, LaFleur, Dable, McDaniel, O'Connell, Staley, or not Staley, excuse me. Those guys had quick success with their respective places. Um, and for some of them, Dable, McDaniel, and O'Connell, you know, we're, we're very curious to see how things evolve right. in, in their second season and what those counter punches are going to be. Um, that's what's fascinating. And and I think all of those teams winning, all of those teams getting to the playoffs in year one is so good for the path forward and getting that buy-in uh, from the locker room and kind of spreading some buzz throughout the league that, hey, this is a good situation. You can come here. You can be successful. And um, I think that that goes a long way in starting your tenure. I think it's tough when you – like credit to Zach Taylor, right? Because like those first couple seasons were really, really Two bumpy. Two seasons were bad. Yeah, you obviously you get Joe Burrow. Things change, but it's hard to it's hard to get those narratives away from you. I think those guys really set themselves up well by winning in year one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously Matt Lafleur, a little bit of a different dynamic around the team this year. We're fascinated to see that. I I think if they bounce back, you would have a very strong argument to put Lafleur in the persisting contenders bucket. Yeah, and, and look, I think one thing that Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit for is the success that the team had despite impossible to deal with dynamics that existed with Aaron Rodgers. For sure. Yeah. Like, hey, you get to go be the coach of the Packers. Oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is just always going to be pissed off and like good luck trying to make him happy and all that type of stuff. And then he <laughs> got two MVP seasons out of the guy. Right. It's incredible. Right. Yeah. I would say what Brian Dable did scheme wise is the most impressive of any of these guys because uh, they had no talent offensively. I mean, they had Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Andrew, Andrew Thomas, Thomas. <laughs> Daniel Jones is an adequate level starting quarterback who I, I think there is a little bit more ceiling to tap into with better supporting cast, but you know, he, he fixed the biggest issue with Daniel Jones that the turnover bug that was such yeah. a prominent thing with him. Uh, that job with that supporting cast offensively and what they were able to do, I think is the, was one of the more impressive overall coaching jobs that we saw last season, regardless of your record or, you know, expectations minus uh, reality yeah. was disappointment. Right. And, and they were in the surplus in the best possible way. I'd like to talk about Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think I think his counterpunch is the most fascinating counterpunch in the entire NFL this year. Um, it's not hard. Run the ball. Well, yeah, but do it right. You, run the ball. <laughs> it is run the ball, right? I mean, obviously the 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 passing game was so good last year, and um, obviously when you have this speed that exists in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and how quickly they can get to spots. Tua is a very quick triggered quarterback that's very accurate. I mean, that in and of itself is difficult to deal with. 
Now, how do you kind of build out the rest of it? You know, how, do you get that third guy going with any level of consistency in the passing game? Is that Robbie Chosen? Is that Braxton Berrios? But then from there, it, the bigger question is the run game. And is there going to be a bigger commitment to it? I thought there would be last year, um, given his background with the 49ers. Um, and at times I thought it looked good, but at most of the time I thought there was a lack of commitment, especially in key spots. And I think they got some really good looks. Linebackers played with a lot of depth against Miami. You feel like yeah, you had two good... high safeties and linebackers yeah. playing with depth. Like that should be good. That you, should be good to got, run the football. You have to run the football. Right. right. So so that counterpunch is really fascinating to me. I mean, they've added Isaiah Wynn to the O-line. Devin A-Chain gives them more speed to go with Mostert in, in uh, Wilson in that backfield. But how that evolves this year is critical. And, and, and that's huge, but also him maturing a little bit. And, and there was some procedural issues from time to time mm-hmm. that, that hurt the football team. So his counterpunch is huge. Obviously, the defense there should be much, much improved. But that counterpunch for Miami is really fascinating. And you have Kevin O'Connell, um, another team that far. You know, I, th- I think Minnesota had a much higher floor of expectations than what New York did last year. But if you, I mean, you just talk about wins and losses and expectations. And again, you go back to situational football. It felt like Minnesota pushed the right button late in every single game in a one score game to win the football game. So, uh, ironically enough, until they played Minnesota in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Well, the Giants played Minnesota, of course, right? Right, that's what I that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So th- then the Giants uh, ending Minnesota season in the postseason, but uh, I think Kevin O'Connell, the most important thing for him was he came in and achieved what he was supposed to achieve. When you think about being an offensive mind, having the system that you wanted to run, you were effective on the ground, even if from an efficiency standpoint, Dalvin Cook wasn't the most effective version of himself. You have an established offensive line with some talent. You kind of stabilize that group. Kirk is the quintessential, put me in a good situation and I'll produce a lot of yards and points for you. And obviously having Justin Jefferson and they've tried to retool what's, what else is around them with the rest of that supporting cast. But I, I think that was a very positive first step, of course, based off, off the wins and losses last year. All right, we've got four more tiers to get to the rest of the way so buckle up folks but before we get there take your first swing at betting mlb on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to 200 that's right just 20 bucks and you'll land 200 in bonus bets win or lose that's 200 that you can bet on everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. Simply no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse 
with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, our next tier, we now have goats, the top shelf, the modern top shelf coaches, the young guns, persistent contenders, scheme whizzes. I have a couple old school football guys this next year down. And I think that uh, this tier alongside the scheme whiz tier, I think you could kind of co-mingle those coaches and rankings in whatever order you would want if you were trying to do it linearly, linearly, and it, you wouldn't draw much of an argument from me. I I think Frank Reich, as the first old-school guy with the Carolina Panthers, deserves a ton of credit for the staff that they put together, but this is his second attempt at being a head coach. Things did not end particularly well in Indianapolis, not that I necessarily think a lot of the problems were Frank Reich's fault. Uh, and then Dan Campbell is the other one with the Detroit Lions. You know what stands out to me about both those guys is leadership, right? Like you don't have any questions that those guys can command rooms, really, you know, get a lot of respect and uh, kind of set the tempo for an organization. Um, maybe in slightly former different players ways. Too. Yeah, both former players. Uh, Frank Reich's obviously one of my favorites, um, and part of that, of course, is because he plays for the Bills. And then my my brother actually played for his brother in in college. Um, but Frank Reich is just. I, I love his messaging. I love the way he talks. He's very transparent. Um, and I mean, even, even coming out of the Matt Ryan situation this past year with the Colts and where he's like, you know, I think we really let down Matt Ryan. We didn't have the play action game. We didn't have the run game that we promised him and it didn't set him up to be successful. Like I love that level of accountability that he delivers. And um, you know, I'm excited for him to be in Carolina. Um, obviously he had his choice of quarterbacks went with Bryce young. They've very quickly, added a ton of coaching talent, like you mentioned, as well as roster upgrades. And um, I think he's in a great spot. And I, I don't think he deserved to be dismissed in Indianapolis. Um, and I think that he's a guy that will be an even better coach, I think, this go around with Carolina. Meanwhile, you want to talk about accountability and seeing that up close and personal. How about Dan Campbell on Hard Knocks last year? <laughs> in a chance to see very much what Dan Campbell is all about. And I know I did the, the stand on the podium for Doug Peterson thing yesterday. But if I was picking what head coach I would want to play for, Dan will coach you hard, but Dan will love you up. Dan will be honest with you. He'll shoot it straight. He's been in the shoes of players. He's right up there near the top for me. Now, a little bit more of a CEO type when you consider Aaron Glenn on the defensive side of the ball and Joe's favorite offensive coordinator of all time on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball. But... Like I, I think his experience as a player and him being groomed under Sean Payton and having the interim opportunity in Miami, like th there was a lot of meaningful exposures here that kind of built him into this stage. And I love the fact that that team turned it around the second half of last year, but the challenge for them is going to be rolling that into a new season and sustaining that momentum. We'll see how ready he has them to be. See him night one in Kansas yep. city, in Kansas city. And we'll find out real quick. We will. Just how ready to play football you are. Yep. All right, so we have the need more from you tier coming up here. And um, this tier includes 
Kevin Stefanski with Cleveland Browns, Robert Sala, New York Jets, Arthur Smith from the Falcons, Matt Eberflus from the Chicago Bears. Should we start with Sala? Yeah, I think that's a good one. That feels like the most, obviously the most buzzy team with New York and uh, the the defensive turnaround that they had last year. And yeah, but you know, let's let's just get the offense right. And they've made some monumental changes. But I think at the end of the day, when you boil down Robert Sala's resume beyond defensive rankings last year, there is especially in New York, a little bit of that pressure to win, right? And I don't know that eight and nine is going to give anybody the warm and fuzzies based off of the moves that the New York Jets made, but eight wins would be the most that Robert Salas had as a head coach. So it's like, okay, like you have built this program. You've been given a couple of years. Now it's time to, it's almost the put up or shut up tier for the coordinators that we were talking about. That's, that's what I think the the parallel is for this staff, especially when you look at Stefanski and they, they peaked in year one under Stefanski and it's been two years of trying to recapture that. And Atlanta, it's consecutive seven win seasons and Eberflus where um, year two for him, they have these questions around their young quarterback that they've remained committed to and, and made some dynamic personnel changes to upgrade that group and excited for it. But when you're building in Chicago is as bad as Chicago was, obviously earn the number one overall pick. You got to start stacking it and moving, moving the, the goal line further down, in my opinion. Kyle, you mentioned eight wins for the Jets. They hadn't won eight games since 2015. I mean, it's been it's been a while. That was, and that was 10 and six with Fitz. Yeah, Todd Bowles' uh, first season. And, and then, then the next time before that. Well, they had the Rex Ryan. Couple right, but I'm saying that they, they the last time they won 10 games before that was 09? 10, 2010. 10. Rex Ryan's second season. And that was in the AFC Championship game runs where they, they played yeah. in the Conference Championship game twice in two years. So I, I obviously their, their drought of playoff appearances, it's it's over a decade now yep. without making the postseason, right? So like that pressure on top of Everything looked so good at the first half of the season. And then the wheels fell off the bus and they finished what seven and 10. You can't afford to post seven, eight wins again this year. Arthur Schmidt's also in this bucket uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. And I'll say this. I mean, the Falcons haven't necessarily been a good team, but I think they've won seven games in each of his first two seasons. He may have overachieved. He may have gotten a little bit more than I expected out of out of both teams to to have those moments and kind of be in it even kind of late in the season his first year was pretty impressive to me. And so I feel like he's got what he needs defensively now. I mean, a lot of young talent, three top 10 picks at the skill players, their offensive line solidified. Obviously, Desmond Ritter, a roll of the dice there at quarterback. Um, but I I feel pretty optimistic about him in this group to deliver the more that we need from them that earn them a spot in this tier. Anything else on the need more from your bucket? No, but uh, the next two tiers or at least the next tier is going to be pretty fascinating. So stick with us here as we continue tiering the 32 NFL head coaches today on the locked on NFL scouting podcast. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Joe, I think this is universally our favorite tier, just based off the smile on your face and the reaction that you had when we were in pre-production. It's the big old collection of my favorite coaches in the league. Here they are. Named this tier. There's five coaches in it. It's the devils you know as compared to the devils you don't. There are appealing things about these coaches, but there are also persistent flaws for coaches who, for the most part, I mean, these are all second-time head coaches. There are no first gigs here. This is at least your second rodeo as a head coach. Wow. So we... We kind of know, right, for better or for worse. And finding an upgrade might be hard, and that's why some of these guys might be here. But for better or for worse, the devils you know as compared to the devils you don't. Ron Rivera, Hmm. Washington Commanders. Mike McCarthy, Dallas Cowboys. Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Josh McDaniels, the Las Vegas Raiders. And Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints. I got to do the thing with Ron Rivera, right? Yeah, go ahead. I'll 12 check out. seasons, 12 seasons as an NFL head coach, three times he's had a winning record. It's the devil you know. Man, I, it's but incredible. He's got a great locker room culture and does stuff the right way and high integrity. Yeah. It's the devil you know. It's all true. It's all <laughs> true, especially in Washington where it's like, kind of makes sense right based on where they're kind of coming out of and ownership change there all that like feels like a very good stabilizing guy but like there's been no consistent winning throughout ron rivera's entire career and you know what also fast i'm gonna switch to dennis allen here go ahead because we got into this a couple days ago when you and i were kind of prepping for another show the guy was eight and 28 with the raiders and got a second opportunity to be a head coach and maybe that had something to do with Sean Payton's retirement and just having a very natural opportunity to stick him in there, but I, and also like a ten year gap, right? I don't know about that. Like this guy goes eight and twenty eight and gets another shot, and it's like looks not great again. I don't know. Like he doesn't seem dynamic enough for me to be an NFL head coach. Speaking of coaches who were horrible their first time around, how about Josh McDaniels in Denver? really off-the-wall personnel decisions. Uh, obviously, they want, they want a playoff game his first year, right? Tim Tebow. But then didn't make it to the end of his second year. That's how bad it got. Yeah. It was, they were 8-8 eight and eight the year that first year, right? Yes. 8-8 eight and eight but won a playoff game. Incredible. Did not make it to the end of year two. Gets hired by the Colts. Backs out the night before. Goes to Las Vegas takes over a playoff team team lands a top 10 overall pick. I don't know that they're definitively better in any area of the roster than they were last year. 
Yeah, the team won ten games a year before. Mm-hmm. And that's the, we. I've talked about this with you. I listened to Mike Mayock on the uh, Chris Long podcast. Hey, Mayock's like, say what you want. We took a three-win team, and in three years, they we won ten games and went to the playoffs. And here we are, six and eleven in year one under Josh McDaniels. And this feels like just as much of a transition year as last year did. Oh, more. It's more of a transitional year. It was like, can we make it work with Derek Carr? No. Okay, you got to go. We'll just land the quarterbacks that... Because they got Hoyer (laughs) and Garoppolo. Right. And the third is Aiden O'Connell right now. So the influence of McDaniels as the coach in personnel, I think is the, the... concessions that you make to get the scheme in place. The goofy run in Denver, the backing out on the Colts, and now this. Like what what are we doing? You gotta you gotta win this year. No, well, and I, then, I don't I don't think they'd fire him at the end of this year if no. it doesn't go well, but regardless, there is a I think there's significant pressure in Las Vegas. And haven't we heard for like a hundred years about cash flow issues with Raiders? Like I'm sure part of uh, that is not paying coaches to not be your head coach. You signed up for this? I don't know, man. I have questions about that. Speaking of signing up for it, you want to do Dallas or Tampa? The last two, because we're not going to have too much to say about the new hires, which is the final tier. I guess let's talk about Mike McCarthy in – Dallas, because what's what's really interesting about him, he doesn't seem like a great coach, but he's got a pretty impressive resume. He does. And I know you could say Aaron Rodgers and, and Dak Prescott, but I mean the guy's got the guy's one fifty five and ninety seven in sixteen seasons. That's a six fourteen winning percentage, which is pretty freaking good. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten double-digit win seasons in 16 years. That Marty Schottenheimer coaching tree looking real good. <laughs> you Marty Schottenheimer? You Martyed him? Well, no, was he with no, them in he, Kansas City? He was. The, he, he's he's on the Marty Schottenheimer coaching tree, yeah. I've never I've never made that connection until right now. He was really? part of that Schottenheimer staff in, 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 in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, I didn't know that. Or I'd never connected those dots, at least. Now, his coaching tree is a different story. Mike McCarthy's. Yeah. Joe Philbin. Ben McAdoo. Not great. I, I think we'll find out a lot more about McCarthy this year with the coaching staff changes that were made in Dallas which puts McCarthy very much more imprint on the offense as compared to Kellmore. They're going to have a great defense. They're going to win. They're going to win double digit games against this year, but I, I don't think it's going to be because of the offensive scheme. I don't know that it's going to be because of Mike McCarthy and his management of the, of the team on game day or anything like that. Marty Schottenheimer won six playoff games in 21 years as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy has 11 in 16 years. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a lot better. It is. I wasn't calling him Marty Schottenheimer to be derogatory to his postseason success. I was just saying he's he's the win on the Marty Schottenheimer coaching tree. Fascinating. Who's the other one here? Um, Todd Bowles. 
How do you not watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year and feel like that was an extremely poorly coached football team? It was the exact same thing as the last two years in New York, too. Like it's just the same thing. And this this time you managed to do it with a declining Tom Brady, but nevertheless did it with Tom Brady. I don't want to defend Tom, but I mean that offensive line was in shambles all year long, and Byron left, which was a complete disaster at offensive coordinator. No ability to run the football whatsoever. He threw the ball over 700 times. I defended Tom Brady and Bill Belichick a lot this week, Kyle. 313 points scored. Here's a fun fact. What season? What season did Tampa Bay score their least amount of points in franchise history? And how many points did they score? Offensively? Yes. I don't know. Josh Freeman year or something like that? No, 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 no. You got to go back to the 70s. Oh, God. I don't. I have no idea. Twice in franchise history. They scored less points than they scored in the nine-game, 82-strike-shortened season. The uh, kicker MVP season. Right. Uh, 19, or 1977 and 1976 were their worst two seasons offensively, their first two seasons in the league. Across those 28 games, Tampa, in their first 28 games of franchise history, 228 points in 28 games. They scored 103 points in 1977. What's the what's this building to? Well, I was just looking at what they scored last year with 313 and that not being a good season. But in reality, Tampa's been playing since 76, and the 313 points offensively that they scored last season, in spite of being like 200 points less than what they scored the previous year, Mm-hmm. is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 17 highest scoring season in franchise history, 313 points last year. It's fine, though, Kyle. They're not worried about yeah, it. They're, they're unconcerned. Unconcerned. We were, we were told they were unconcerned. If, you, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last year, you know all <laughs> about what we just did right there. So, um. Massive regression last year, to say the least. And I don't think it's getting any better. No. New hires last year. D'Amico, Ryan, Shane Steich, and Jonathan Gannon. We should say new hires that are first-time head coaches. Because, like, we have Frank Reich, new hire. Yeah. But he's yeah, a yeah, different yeah. planet yeah. here. But um, who are you most optimistic about those D'Amico, Ryan's. Because of Stroud? Because of Stroud, uh, because of his defensive prowess, I, th- I think that they have some really nice building block pieces. Um, I think Stroud is a higher floor quarterback. He's not a higher ceiling quarterback than Richardson. But I think there's more work to be done to get it right around the player like Richardson um, than what I think C.J. Stroud you project him forward. I just, I'm a little bit more comfortable with that projection. So kind of factoring in both sides of the ball and the state of that division, I'll go D'Amico Ryans. I feel like I want to go D'Amico Ryans, but I'm, I'm excited about uh, Shane Steichen as well. Of course you are. I am. I've heard same. I'm excited about both of them. I think they're both going to do a nice job. I mean, I'm not excited about Jim Irsay, but Steichen with a toolsy quarterback, the decent nucleus in place. Right. You can, you can put it all together. Yeah. 
And I think they they will, but we'll find out. And we hope to find out that you all came back and saw us again tomorrow on yet another episode of Locked On NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. Appreciate the everydayers who are locked in with us on a daily basis because it is your team's every day here on the Locked On Network. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're out of here. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 